Welcome to the Renovare Podcast. My name is Nathan Foster, and each month I write an essay, post it on renovare.org, and then do an interview with someone from the Renovare community related to the topic I wrote about. Interview today is with James Catford. James Catford has been a longtime member of the Renovare ministry team. He is the uh, group chief executive of the British Bible Society. I've known James for a number of years, and uh, it never ceases to amaze me, uh, his, his wisdom, insight, and um, I think some things that are really helpful, in, uh, at least for me and in my interactions with James, is that because he's operating out of the UK, uh, the cultural context um, often gives different nuances to uh, things that we talk about. So at any rate, this was a, a lot of fun for me, and I took a lot of notes as, as I learned quite a bit from him. So I hope you enjoy it, and as always, thanks for listening. James, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, and how things? Good, good. You're, you're in your cottage from, was it 17... 17- 1776, we believe it is. Um, it's, I know that's hard to believe, but that's the reality of it. I'm trying to think of, you know, find a building that old in the States. Yeah. <laughs> well, older buildings do need a, a good deal of, you know, things to, you know, care for them and um, um, you know, upkeep and everything. So it's so it's not all good. It's not all easy. <laughs> oh, I could imagine. I could imagine. Hey, um, you're familiar with the community I referenced in the essay, the uh, Northumbrian community. Um, these two words, availability and vulnerability, they have been messing with me for a number of years. And, and there seems to be so much uh, in them that that uh, fits into our life, both interactions with God and interactions with others. But I wondered if you might have some thoughts on those. Yeah, I think they're very interesting ideas, too. And interesting that they have been itemized as things to really pursue. Um, I've been very aware of the Northumbria community and how that's worked out for them and very intrigued by this and they certainly have been chasing after those for quite a long time i've seen them worked out in the way they run the the operation there the way they they organize themselves as a dispersed community and i've also seen how they've related to each other and how members of the team work with each other and um, discuss things with each other and how they handle issues together. So, uh, yeah, I've seen them at quite close uh, quarters on this. And I'm more intrigued the more I see of it, actually. Mm -hmm. Do do they, I mean, some people have statements that they, you know, mission-type statements yes. that, that kind of get dusty on the shelf. These are very much alive, and is that accurate? They are, and they keep accenting them. Whatever, what often happens in organizations is you come up with these, and then you put them to one side. But I think values in an organization 
organization are there to be discovered mm. rather than invented. I'm much more impressed by organizations that say, we are discovering that these are our values mm -hmm. rather than we don't have them at this point, but we'd like to have them at mm -hmm. some point. And why don't we use our values as a driver of change within organization? Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is that everybody knows they're not your values. <laughs> they, they're, they're what you aspire to. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we might accept them on that. But I think if you can say, this is who we actually are, this is what we stand for, and people say, yeah, I get that. I could have worked that out ourselves, mm. which I think would have been more interesting. Um, so I think we all know of organizations that, that do not really exude what they stand for. But I think with these people, partly because it's about failure and they're admitting that they don't always get it right and i think that's fantastic i mean it's an extraordinary counter cultural way of doing things i think it is a very jesus-like way mm -hmm. of doing things so they go you go back to it when when problems yeah. arise or you go back and say are yeah. we practicing these you are. You're going back to it, and you're, you know, checking back to see how you're operating. And I think that they do need to be. I think. I think the people I know there. What's so um, is striking is they assume this is how we're going to operate. Mm. We are going to work like this, and you can assume this of me, and I can assume this of you now i think we need to be careful with that because not everybody can assume that okay so let's let's take something like um assume that you can ask this of somebody assume you can say look i'm in the area could i come and stay with you mm -hmm. <laughs> you know i need somewhere to stay now i've i've misunderstood this at times because what they mean is you're um you're so much part of the community that we are perfectly and entitled to say i need help i need you to help me i need you to give i need that so i can just ask you and as Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. I mean, that's all a part of this. So we can simply say, could I come and stay? Now, if you don't understand the ground rules, if you don't understand these are the you know, ethical principles here, you might go, whoa, 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 hang on a second. You can't just ask me, <laughs> you know, or at least could you put it in the guise of, we'd love to come and see you and it's been such a long time we want to catch up you know can we can we connect and oh by the way any chance of you know right. no 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 these ideas are saying i need something i need you know help can i can i ask you for this and i think that's really 
Very good. I mean, I think that's marvellous if you can do that. But you can be misunderstood here. These things are not... These things are not part of the common culture of our society. Mm. You might think, well, you're taking something from you. How dare you come and just ask outright? But they're saying, no, no, if this is the kingdom, if this is what it means. Now, clearly, we need to be careful with those things and not impose beyond a certain point. But they're working from a different you know, ethic. Uh-huh. And I think we, we need to understand that and if we're going to adopt that ourselves we we probably need to be sure that the people we're doing it with <laughs> also accept that you know, I, I don't know whether this makes any sense or not it totally does because this it, it there's no maybe well well maybe let me clarify are people free to say no yeah, that they are, that they are. And, and I mean, in the times I've been caught up in this, and you have to understand I'm not part of the Northumbria community, so I've learnt a lot from the, the people there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do say no, um, nobody seems to be at all upset. They just accept, you know, we're honest with what we need, and you're honest in whether you can you know, help us or not. And there's a there's a simplicity there, mm-hmm. which I think we often complicate these things. So so, it, but but I do think it, it you know helps if you know what where we all are on that issue. Yeah, I, I like that because then there's this common sense that it's very much okay to ask for help or ask what you might yeah. want or need, and it's very yeah. much okay to to say yeah. no without giving lengthy excuses. Is that is yeah. that accurate? Yeah. Yes, but you can see how challenging that is if you're not into that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's really quite beautiful. I mean, yeah. it sounds freeing in a way. Yeah, I think it is. I think that is. I think that is. And I think that we should be trying to pick also. We should be trying to to learn from that um, within um, you know, churches and so on. I mean, you you think what that might mean if you were in, say, a Renovare spiritual formation group, you know, mm-hmm. what difference would that make if we as a small group, you know, gradually and sensitively and appropriately without an imposing on others? Supposing if, I mean, we, we often talk in our spiritual um, groups about the mutual and encouragement and we talk about an accountability and we talk about assisting each other in becoming more like um, a Jesus. I mean, I find the, the Northumbria experience does give some real f- f- flesh hmm. to this, gives some real tangibility here. Um, you know, the Renovare has this behavioral covenant, which the first principle of which is an established trust through uh, vulnerability. Mm. And that's that's quite a that's <laughs> quite a bold uh, idea, really. Uh, and then it goes on to, to say establish um, you know healthy dialogue. And conflict, even um, 
Then it moves on to embrace unity. Mm-hmm. Um, then the fourth one is engage peer-to-peer the accountability. I mean, these fit very much into what you're talking about. I just think that the Northumbria experience earths it mm-hmm. a bit. So I think mm-hmm. it shows you this is what that means or what that could mean. Mm-hmm. No, I really like this because if there's an, a, I mean, if we can come together with a group of people and you know consciously and intentionally put these as our virtues and what we're striving for, then there's a certain freedom. Yes. Um, I, I just was thinking yesterday. I was working on building a, a fence in my backyard, and uh-huh. my my saw it, it broke. And I mm-hmm. thought, my neighbor, I know he has one, and yes. and I just didn't. And I, he probably let me use it, but I didn't feel com- I didn't want to go through the whole. You know, hey, can I borrow this? I, you know, yes. mine broke, and I really need to have one. Yes. And, and I just went to the store and bought a new one. Right. Um, and if if I knew that he was free to say no, or right. free to, um, I don't know, it, it would have made yeah, it yeah. easier to approach him. Well, I I think that's correct, and I've always been intrigued on the way Jesus says to lend to people, to let people take things off you and don't expect them to come back. Now, this is Jesus who was a carpenter. So it's interesting that you talked about a saw. Mm. You could imagine people in his village coming round the store and saying, I couldn't just... Could I have this for an hour, please? <laughs> Could I, you know, I need this. And I just wonder whether his comment on to give to people and don't expect it to come back. Do you think that might possibly be out of that experience of him saying, you know, this is what happened to me, guys. Um, you know, this is what it means. But, but whether or not that did happen with him, that's not a bad example of what availability and vulnerability could look like. Mm-hmm. You know, I need your lawnmower, or I need your saw, or I need your your your, your you know car or whatever. <laughs> um, but 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 again, you can see how you know the countercultural this is, and you've got to be careful who you go and ask <laughs> off. Um, well, but, it, but it would be beautiful. It would be beautiful. Us. The, the, the thought that came to mind is that we're not doing this as martyrs. And that yeah. if, if I choose to give you something, you're not taking from me. Right. So if I choose to put myself in a position of availability and vulnerability, then I, yes. it, it, I, I don't want to say I, I can't be hurt. But sure. um, I, I don't become a martyr when, when things are not reciprocated in the way that I might want them to be. Yes. I think that's true, um, but I think you can get hurt as well with this. I mean, that's why we're all scared of it, is because it um, potentially we're not in control. Potentially we're worried people take advantage of us. Um, and so I think you're right, just working through those issues of I choose to give, I choose this. Um, but 
relationships do bring you know challenges i mean relationships i mean that's why we in some i mean in where i live um you don't call on your next door people i mean you don't go around to their place and bang on their door Hmm. you call them okay first you phone them even though they're just a few feet away (laughs) from you you actually go and you make a phone call or you um um if you you know you you do email them Mm -hmm. yet they're literally right beside you they're within a wall of you and yet but that's because we protect ourselves and of course that comes through prosperity it's only in the prosperous era we're in now that you've any choice. I mean, in the days gone by, um, you know, vulnerability <laughs> was the way we did relationships because you could hear the person through the wall, <laughs> you know, when they're being ill or when they're having an argument. I mean, you know, it was so public. Uh-huh. It's only in days when we can afford to have a wall that's soundproofed mm-hmm. or we can afford to own our own saw mm-hmm. that we don't need somebody else's. I mean, that's relatively recent. So we're having to relearn these, these issues. Mm-hmm. Again. Yeah. The, um, I mean, it, at least in the States, we've, we've moved from a front porch culture to a back yeah. porch culture. Right. With our six foot privacy fences, to yeah. <laughs> kind of, it's a safe way to live, but but yeah. but probably not a, a, a Jesus way to live. Probably, probably isn't. Um, but but working that out in terms of well, how do you do that? You know, I'm a busy person. I've got a job and a day job and family commitments, everything else. So I think. Um, as well as making the point about be sure you know who you're doing this with, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I'd go along with that proceeds, at, you know, don't do it at speed. Learn how to do this mm-hmm. in the company of Jesus and in the company of, you know, others. So, again, if you're in a small group, you might say, um, I want to pursue this. You know, we as a little triplet or as a small group, we want to pursue this. Well, we'll do it slowly and we'll do it reporting back to each other. Even if those aren't the people we're doing it with, we, we, we come back each week and say, well, how was it last week? I know you were trying to lend your saw or borrow your saw or whatever. How did it go? How did it make you feel? feel i mean i think that's a very important thing how do you feel well i felt incredibly encroached i felt incredibly trespassed on to use the old king james idea you know i feel incredibly you know very vulnerable it's a risky thing and so then your little group can be with you in that and say yeah we know what it's like and just back off just take it easy or how can we pray or what do you think scripture might say into, to this? I think that's what I'm saying about proceed gently and mm-hmm. carefully. Mm-hmm. Don't tomorrow after this podcast, you know, go right. 
<laughs> everything's on the street. I'll put all my furniture on the street and say, just help yourself. <laughs> um, you know. Well, and, and, and I'll write about this in the kind of tar- part two of it, but the, the importance of boundaries and that those, yeah. those can, boundaries can be an act of love um, yeah. that doesn't have to be a bad or even maybe necessarily difficult thing. But one of the things that comes back to me in thinking about um, practicing availability and vulnerability is, is as a spiritual discipline, and that these yes. are things I'm doing before God and as an act of submission to God, and that just changes so much for me. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's correct, which is why I'm thinking that the most the helpful way is in the company of you know others, and as you put it, under the uh, gaze of Jesus, you know, under His oversight and taking back to Him the struggles and the feelings. This is how I feel mm-hmm. when this happens. This you know phone call made me feel like this, mm-hmm. and pausing just to realize what's going on I think is helpful and inviting Jesus back in okay Jesus I'm handing this over to you once more over and over again mm-hmm. well and then with that the kind of critical piece of I mean that speaks then to our our, our our way that God views us and and if we're entering into this as a, a real relationship where we're cared yeah. for and loved then we don't need to you know, go back and with the shame and the guilt and the hammer of no. God waiting to tell us how we're falling short. No, no. This is not about passing an exam. This isn't about how we score. Yes. And very often that's how the spiritual journey is seen. It's about how we score. Mm-hmm. And the implication, though it's never said, is if we score highly, then of course we get something back in return. We get a cookie, you know, we get something back if we, if we're a good, you know, um, um, you know, child. And of course that, that whole transactional relationship, um, really undermines our spiritual journeys. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Um, shift just a moment and, yep. and see if, um, See if you can help me with something. I don't mean to put you on the spot with this. In your work with the Bible Society, do these two words have a place in in running a very large organization? Yes, they do. Um, um, with the joys and struggles that that involves, we've worked you know hard at this. We've worked hard amongst ourselves to um, to discover what this involves, and that. And inevitably begins with the um, the senior staff mm-hmm. and the way we connect with one another, because people are observing, and there's any church, anybody running a church will know people are keeping their eyes on you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has to start with the people who are you know supposedly. Um, looking after the whole organization. And um, we've had good years and bad years, but um, it's very much what we're after. We developed, I don't know if this is of any help, we set about developing our team virtues. 
Okay. We, which we prefer to team values just because values is an overused term and virtues seems a bit more Christian in some ways. Mm-hmm. You know, what uh, uh, virtues within each other can we expect? And we've developed those to some degree and... Um, We'll go back and you know we'll go back and first of all check how we're doing with those, and secondly say do we need to change them mm. at all? Um, and they're really helpful, really helpful ideas, um, and they're not ones that anybody's imposed. They're ones we have decided we want to pursue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, oh, that's fantastic. I- the university I work at, Spring Arbor University, we have, um, the, we call it the concept, and it's four planks to the concept. Right. And it's the only place I've ever worked at where people actually, you know, look at the virtues, that's a really wonderful word, um, and just come back and say, you know, does us doing this or that, um, how does it tie in? And I've seen, I've been in a number of meetings where people will abandon projects or completely right. change the direction because it doesn't fit with the kind of four planks for our concept. Right. That's um, very interesting. There's something safe in, in having some, these kind of guiding principles. Yes, yes. No, there is, there is. And again, it's so helpful when you've all you know, signed up on them, mm. <laughs> you know, because then we all know where we stand and we can hold each other accountable in a gentle way. Let's say that in a gentle way, you can be, mm, that's interesting. The thing about values and virtues is that they can often be, be turned against people. <laughs> They're designed to equip and, and enable and give you structure Mm-hmm. But as so often happens in our journeys, we can turn grace into law in the way that it was never an, in, an intended. So an integrity is, is almost any, any organization that comes to what with a, a set of values will have that in there, mm-hmm. an integrity. And we mean is that we have a personal and integrity but in the wrong hands or using the wrong way, that becomes a judgment tool and a stick to hit people. That act you've just done there, I don't think had an integrity in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've immediately turned something for self-reflection into something to go at people with. Mm-hmm. And you know what you're talking about the availability and vulnerability those are things for us to be checking ourselves which is why i think it was you know helpful what you said about with jesus as part of our formation in jesus not this is what i can judge you with mm-hmm. that you didn't act you know that wasn't a very uh, vulnerable thing you just did there that wasn't an accountable thing you did there. You know, these, these kind of things notice how we, how we can so easily turn these things to 
get at people with rather than to be what they're there for, to be a self-reflected tool. Mm. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, you you bring up a, a bigger p- picture that is worth a lot of discussion for another time, but that in organizations and families, any kind of people group we find ourselves in, that the the way to help others is to model it ourselves. And yeah. these things always start with, with the leadership. And that's, in a sense, what leadership is, is to model what uh, what we're hoping others will grab on to. That's very good. Boy, and I see that. I mean, I don't mean to flatter you with this, but my interactions with your staff and the the senior staff, um, there's a good culture that's that's set up, and it and it trickles down to the uh, the new uh, people. Um, I'm, really, glad. I'm, glad. So. I'm glad. I'm glad. Hey James, this is fantastic. Um, I do hope we can do this again sometime. Sure. Thank you. I'd be happy to. Thank you so much. Thank you.